0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Fanless podcast in this jam-packed tennis calendar. Uh, I am your host, Michael Gillett, and as always, I'm joined by Marcus. Ali, how are you doing, Marcus?
1: Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. I've enjoyed the first couple of rounds that we've got to take in on the clay out in Rome, and um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing your take on it.
0: Yeah, we are back on the clay and we'll be talking about that a little more to come. So the tennis, as we say, has returned to the clay courts and uh, back in Europe now after the small American swing that we had on, on the return. And uh, we're at the Italian Open, played in Rome, usually played in sort of April, May time. So it was a little bit odd to be doing it in September, but uh, it's the new normal, as we're all getting used to. Um, and really the, the main take from the first few days of this Uh, is that the Italians are really doing well on their home surface, and in particular two youngsters, uh, in fact teenagers, uh, in Yannick Sinner, who we've uh, spoken a little about on the pod before, uh, as one of the up-and-coming young players, he's 19, and uh, also Lorenzo Massetti, who is 18 years old, and I must say someone I really hadn't heard of much uh, before, Rome I'd seen the name about, but I didn't really know anything about him. Um, These two Italians are are really shining early on in the Italian Open. We'll start with Lorenzo Bassetti, uh, 18 years old. He's uh, a former junior number one, won the Australian Open Juniors last year and runner-up at the US Open Juniors in 2018. Uh, He beat former... Grand Slam winner, three-time Grand Slam winner, Stan Ravrenka. Uh, six love 7 6 really convincing win for him. And he backed it up yesterday with a 6 3 6 win over Kai Nishikori, uh, who's a, t- a former semi-finalist uh, in Italy. So really, really impressive stuff from Lorenzo Massetti, as I say, someone not really that I'd heard of. What's your take on it, Marcus, uh, so far for Massetti?
1: Yeah, similar to you. I mean, I'd I'd heard the name just sort of following the tennis on flash scores, basically, in the last probably year, probably no more than that. Um, but I hadn't really looked into him or followed his results. Or he hadn't caught my eye for me to actually find out how young he was. Um, I just thought he was another player playing regularly on on the challenger circuit. Um, so when I, when I saw that he had Vavrenka in the first round, I also noticed looking at it that the bookies were not um going all health for lever on vavrenka as you'd expect given the difference in rankings so i thought maybe there is something to come from this guy and then having seen the result i mean i watched the highlights after and um yeah vavrenka didn't didn't particularly look like there was a lot he could do mucchesi just dominated him um throughout the match really and um yeah grinding it out in, in a second set tiebreak which could have gone either way um yeah just proves the uh consistency he can he can have in a in a three-set match and then obviously back in the upper against Kainish who had a decent win in the first round after having lost in the first round of Kitzbühel last week so that was very impressive um and yeah I can see him going deep into this tournament I mean it's just another one another name to add to that long list of next-gen players um but no very very exciting start for Musetti and um yeah, he's kind of taking the spotlight away from Yannick Sinner, a touch.
0: Yeah, you leave me on nicely there because I was I was going to say that perhaps we haven't quite noticed Massetti because he is sort of shadowed a little bit by Sinner, who obviously is that like just one year older. But we've we've known about Sinner for a little while. I think he was he. I think we we've, we've known about him since he was I think about seventeen. I'm wondering if um. I'm not sure, but um, no, re- really good from Massetti, as, as you say, and and Ravrinca for, as I say, former Grand Slam champion, Ishikori Grand Slam finalist. Um, two really convincing wins. Um, Massetti plays uh, today around about four o'clock later today. Um, he's playing against Daniel Kopfer, a German, who's also done very well to to get to this round. He, uh. Beat Alex Diminur in three sets, the uh, young Australian who had a good, good showing at the U.S. Open uh, the last couple of weeks, and uh, but then more impressively beat Gar Monfils six-two-six-four uh, in the second round. And I think maybe it's hard to know where Monfils is going to be at, at the moment. Obviously, bearing in mind his age, and uh, wouldn't have played much tennis. Well, no, I mean no one's played tennis for. Quite a while because of the uh, the situation, but um, it's hard to tell sort of where Monfils is going to be at. But still, six two six four, really, really convincing win. And uh, the winner of Massetti Copa, uh has a potential quarter final with Djokovic. So I think Novak Djokovic against Lorenzo Massetti uh, quarter final of the Italian Open. It's one that you would love to have fans at. Uh, it's a real shame that we haven't got fans there. Because uh, I think that could be really interesting. And if Massetti carries on playing like he is, then you know, he's just going to go hell for leather against Djokovic and really take it to him. And could be a really interesting match. Whether we, How likely we are to get an upset, I don't know. But uh could be interesting. Now, going on to Yannick Sinner, the other young Italian doing well. Uh, he absolutely crushed Benoit Père, uh 6 6-2, 6-1 in the first round. Uh, a match that I think Sinner... People would have hoped he, he might have won in but, uh, but Benoit pair a very solid, consistent top 100 player. Um, and then most impressively, uh, in the last match yesterday, uh, Sinem beat Stefano Tsitsipas, the third seed. Uh, say, uh, sorry, won the first set 6-1, um, lost a tie-break in the second set after having lost two match points, uh, but a fantastic recovery shown from him. Uh, to win the third set, 6-3, so able to come back from those match points down. uh, So those match points lost, however, so really impressive for him. What would you say on that, Marcus?
1: Yeah, I think it's clear to see that the potential of Yannick Sinner is just, sky's the limit at the moment, you'd have to say. Um, And yeah, just proving that he has that mentality, to come back from that big blow, I think he had a, I think he was a break up in the second set against Sitsipas, and then he managed to get it back to the tiebreak. And anyway, having those, um, I think it was on just the one match point chance in the tiebreak. Oh, was it two? Yeah, um, which Sitsipas did very well to fight off because Sinner was playing at the top of his game. But then when the Greek has managed to sort of wrestle that second set off him, you, you would make him favourite probably going into that decider. But for Sinner to just win it in such class 6-2 in the end, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, just really scary, this guy's potential. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me now if he really kicks on in this tournament. I mean, he's playing some great tennis and, yeah, the win over Sitsipas really could be that sort of turning point that he wanted to establish himself on the main tour. Um, just going back to Dominic for as well, one of the surprise packages of this week. Of course, made the US Open fourth round in, in 2019, sort of coming out of nowhere. Um, which would suggest you'd think he's more of a hardcore player. I had never seen or taken notice any strong showings from him, particularly on the clay. Um, but to beat uh, Alex Diemenor, which was a gruelling match, it was on a, a third set tiebreak. And uh, we know Alex Diemenor plays, there aren't many short points. You've really got to um, work hard to get past the Aussie. And then backing it up with, yeah, possibly a rusty Gail Monfese. He hasn't played a lot of tennis of late. But um, yeah, he's definitely someone that has has caught the eye and um, we didn't expect to make the third round. Um, but, yeah, I do fancy Musetti to, to take him out. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's looking good um, for the Italian fans. Obviously, Matteo Berrettini probably been their shining light of the last couple of years. I suppose you've had some good displays from Fonini as well. Um, but, yeah, just to have these two youngsters coming through in light of having Berrettini breaking into the top ten, the shape of Italian tennis is looking, looking very, very strong.
0: Yeah, completely agree. Uh completely agree. The Italians doing very well and as I say, it's just sad that we can't have the Italian home crowd because I think they'll be loving it and they'd be all really behind Lorenzo Massetti in that potential match against Novak Djokovic. Could be could have been an amazing atmosphere on court. Still gonna be an exciting match though. So definitely watch it if you get the chance. Um important to say, um, at the time of recording, the tennis has started. So uh, Sinner is started his uh, third match against Grigor Dimitrov. Uh, and he is leading 3-2 with a break of serve. Uh, so really good start for Yannick Sinner. He broke Dimitrov to love in that first game and then saved some break points of his own. Um, and Berrettini, who Marcus was just talking about, is 3-2 down, uh, but with serve to fellow Italian... Uh, Trevalier, who's had a very good week himself. Just quickly, uh, I mentioned that the winner of Sinner Dimitrov will face the winner of Denis Shapovalov, who's having a very impressive week himself, uh, against Ugo Bear Again, who's having a very, very good week. So um, you'd think if Sinner can get through Dimitrov, which he's looking good to be doing at the moment, uh, he, he has a very good chance in the quarterfinal to, to keep going. Um, just moving on then in Rome, so I mentioned uh, Travaglia there. He's gone through in straight sets against Borna Choric and Taylor Fritz, uh, two really impressive wins. And um, yeah, just uh, another Italian doing well. I think uh, Travaglia is 28, so hasn't quite got the youth on his side uh, as the other two, but uh, still some really good wins. You know, Coric and Fritz both in straight sets, really impressive. Really impressing the crowd. Well, not no crowds, but uh, really impressing us at home for that. Um, just quickly, we'll just go through the um, bigger players, and then I'll uh, bring Marcus on. Quite plain sailing for the number one and two seeds. Djokovic got through 6-3, 6-2 against Caruso, and he'll face uh, Filip Krajinevic today. Could be a good match. That Kruginovic, uh playing some really good tennis since the restart. And uh, Rafael Nadal. Hasn't, wouldn't have played tennis, uh, hasn't played ATP tennis for quite some months, but uh, bats normal ways on the clay. Absolutely destroyed Pablo Carreño-Busta, 6-1, 6-1. Uh, and he'll face Duzan Lajovic later today. That'll be about six o'clock. So good luck Duzan Lajovic in that. Uh, as mentioned, Sitsapas has gone out and uh, the fourth seed Berrettini is still in it. I'm playing at the moment. So Marcus, come in on that.
1: Yeah, just a little uh, wild card prediction. Um, having seen most of Djokovic's win over Salvatore Caruso, I've, I was actually really impressed with the Italian. Once, once again, another Italian. But um, I think, yeah, I think he's he's 27 now and reaching his peak. Um, he's 87 in the world, and I just think he's playing tennis that is a little bit higher than that level at the moment. Um, So I reckon he'll be pushing definitely top 60, potentially even top 50 by the end of the year. That's my little uh, outside shout for today's episode. Um, But yeah, Djokovic was always going to be a little bit too strong in that match. And then it was, well, started where he left off for Rafael Nadal. 6-1, 6-1. I mean, it could not have been more comprehensive against a man who was a set away from a US Open final a week ago. So, um, yeah, very impressive from Nadal. Um, you'd expect those two, it's hard to say, after we've, we've only seen one game from them, as it's been a little bit of a slow starting week uh, schedule-wise. But, um, yeah, you would say we'd expect to see Nadal face a Novak in, in the final at the moment, um, looking at the form that they showed in their opening round matches. And then, obviously, like you say, Matteo Berrettini um, has looked good. Uh, we might have a tricky one today in, in Trevalier, which is ongoing. Um, however, did really well to get past... He, he sort of had a nice part of the draw, I feel, um, because obviously, initially, I predicted Christian Garin to beat him and uh, kick on to the semi-final, who lost in the first round to Borna Chorich. So you thought, fair enough, maybe Choric is going to replace his uh, quality and then Chorich goes and loses to Travaglia which was a bit of a surprising result given the form Chorich showed in the US Open so I think Berrettini might have had an, a little um, leg up in uh, making what would be the, the quarter final if he, if he beats Travaglia so um, yeah I'm not, not convinced that Berrettini is going to really push on in this tournament um, yeah, he hasn't come back in blistering form but um, you know it's good to see him Making his way in, into the latter stages, all the same, a player that I really enjoyed watching last year. Obviously, made the ATP Tour Finals, and um, yeah, I'll be looking to to kick on.
0: Yeah, uh, excellent. I think that probably rounds up uh, what we're going to say on Rome. Um, just important for me to mention now: we're probably not going to be able to come back and do a podcast now uh, until just before the French Open. Uh, just for personal reasons um so we'll try and keep the twitter updated I'll, I'll try my best to do that and um but yeah rome will be concluding on monday and uh, and then we have got hamburg next week as well which is an atp 500 tournament uh, and that will be the week before the french open so be just over a week uh until our next episode after this but we have got um just some other news to sort of quickly rattle through before we get on to our this week's guest the player um the big news from this week um is that the French Open, which was originally planning on having eleven and a half thousand fans per day uh so it would have been the first tennis back with uh fans there uh that has now been cut to five thousand, so they're still hoping. On actually having some fans at the French Open, that's five thousand through a day. Uh, Will all be socially distanced, of course. Um, the reason it's been cut by over double is that uh, yesterday, Thursday, uh, over ten and a half thousand cases, positive uh, coronavirus cases, were reported in France, which was the highest daily number since the pandemic pandemic began. So, um, quite concerning things coming out of France there. Still an interesting decision that they are planning to have fans in, uh, despite that not very encouraging statistic. Uh, There's still a couple of weeks, 27th of September is when it's going to start, so just over a week for it to start. It's a quickly changing picture, do you think there's a chance that we could be seeing that number, 5,000 reduced even further, potentially even wiped out and, and having it behind closed doors?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm just um comparing it wrongly to the stats in the UK, but that over ten thousand cases in a day is that is an extremely concerning figure. Um yeah, I didn't know that, so that's the first time I've heard that and that would surely that jeopardizes it a little bit. Um that's very worrying, yeah. That's very worrying and yeah, I could see them reducing the crowds the crowds even more. Um yeah, that is a huge figure, and something that I'm sure the players will be concerned about, and we might even see a few more withdrawals. And potentially, given that, definitely.
0: Yeah, I suppose it is important to remember that um, though France is sort of 10, as, you, as ten thousand, ten and a half thousand cases is is huge, but I guess it is important to remember if you compare it to the UK that France. Uh, has a much bigger population and and a, is a bigger, much bigger country. But yeah, it, it, very concerning. Um, I'm not sure what the actual uh, more localized statistics are for Paris. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would agree with you that we could be seeing further cutdowns to that. And uh, players withdrawing, quite a lot of players withdrew from the U.S. Open, and there weren't even fans at that. So you know, it could be a bit of a nightmare at the French trying to balance these these bubbles that the, the players are in, but also having fans coming in and, and you know, although the rules have got to be in place, it's also got to be on the fans to respect them and, and they've just got to be sensible with it. So, um, yeah, it could be interesting to see how that one plays out. Um, just staying with the French, uh, big withdrawal already from the French. This is due to injury. Uh, Naomi Osaka, uh, the US Open champion of just uh, last week, uh, she has said my hamstring is still sore, so I will not have enough time to prepare for the clay. That was a statement she made. Um, a big loss, I think, to the draw. I don't think Osaka would have been the favourite to win on the clay. I'm, I'm not sure, but um, she has made a, an extremely impressive return to tennis. So I think that's a a big loss on the women's side of the game.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a big loss. Um, obviously, she is. I assume it would be the same hamstring that made her pull out of the Western and Southern Open final, but she managed to keep it together and perform brilliantly to to win that US Open title. Um, Her three Grand Slam titles have all come on hard courts um, two at the US, one at the Australian. So I don't know tons about her, but that would suggest Clay is is definitely not up there for her. So, no, I don't think she would have been favourite. Simona Halep's back playing this week in Rome. I assume she goes in much fancied for the title if she can um, prove that her levels haven't dropped over over the, the enforced break. Um, so, yeah, it's a big loss. You know, she's a great player, but at just 22, I'm sure we should be seeing plenty of Naomi Osaka competing for Grand Slams in the future.
0: And then just one last little bit of news uh, that I was just going to quickly get through. Uh, it was announced in the last couple of days by uh, Roger Federer's coach, Severin Luffy. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, they are not putting a set comeback day on for the Swiss in Federer, but uh, they're hoping that after his knee surgery and his knee injuries, they're hoping he's going to make the Australian Open next year. So it would uh, be really good to see Roger Federer back in action at the beginning of 2021. So that pretty much rounds up uh, the news section, and now we're going to move on to this week's Guess the Player. So on to Guess the Player this week, and this week um, I have done one for Marcus uh, after he did uh, Fabio Fanini was who he did for me last week. So I've set up a guess of player. If you haven't listened to it before, essentially it's just five clues, one at a time. And Marcus has got to work out who the mystery player is. So I'm going to open it up with clue number one. I have six ATP Tour titles. And that's in the singles side.
1: Ooh, okay. Um, quite a good player then. Let's go for Daniil Medvedev.
0: Good guess. Uh, Probably got around six, but uh, it is not Daniel Medvedev. Uh, Clue number two. Despite this, I have only made two Grand Slam quarterfinals, with the last one coming in 2015. Hasn't
1: made a quarterfinal since 2015. Gael Monfils made it at the US last year, so I'm not going to go for him. Um... Flattered to Deceive on the big stage then. Um, Felithiano Lopez.
0: Again, pro- probably a good guess, uh, judging by the clues, but it is not. Uh, now, question number three... Uh, clue number three, sorry. All six of my titles have come on hardcore.
1: Right. Probably someone that doesn't fancy the clay then. Um still tricky um, probably quite an older player if they still knocking around and they haven't made a quarter-final since 2015 um, uh, I'm pretty sure I did Grigor Dimitrov a couple of weeks ago so I'm not going to go for him uh, let's go for David Goffin
0: uh, good guess uh, probably about right on titles and not great Grand Slam performances, but yeah, it's, it's not David Goffin. Uh, now, clue number four. This might be a bit more helpful for you. Uh, in 2014, I became the first man for 10 years to reach the Wimbledon quarterfinal on my first appearance.
1: me. Wimbledon quarterfinal. First appearance this is a great clue uh, six titles first right okay so it's going to be a player maybe that hasn't lived up to the initial expectations that they gave us uh, so quite young Wimbledon Court final first appearance ooh um, six titles Nick Kyrgios
0: correct well done cool. um, I quite like that one, so as you say, I think the first few clues really convince you into it being an older player, uh, with six titles, so you feel like it's probably someone has been around a while, uh, not a Grand Slam. That, that surprises me. I, I thought Kyrgios would have been in a Grand Slam uh, quarter-final since 2015, but it was the 2015 Australian Open, that was his last one. Uh, my last clue was going to be I did not play the US Open amid uh, health concerns. So I think that one might have given it away a little bit. He was probably the the first real big absentee that announced that he wasn't going to play. But uh, yeah, that is your guest play this week. The ever-present and colourful Nick Kyrgios. Uh, so that is about all we've got time for uh, on this episode. Uh, just important to mention... Uh, Yannick Sinner has just taken the first set against Grigor Dimitrov, so he's looking very good to progress in the Italian Open. Keep an eye out for Lorenzo Nassetti as well. I think Marcus and I both seem to think he's going to get through today. Uh, so there's that potential quarterfinal with Novak Djokovic, which could be a draw dropping watch. Uh, thank you, Marcus, for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, enjoy the rest of the Rome tournament, guys, and um, yeah, watch out for Salvatore Caruso in his last few knock-ins of 2020.
0: Yeah, that's what Marcus is, that's the only tennis Marcus is going to be looking out for now, is whether Caruso makes top 50, uh, so it's going to be a really fun end to the year for him. Thank you very much, and We'll see you in a little over a week.